our, our uh, topic tonight, the, the title is Talking to Jesus, A Simple Guide to Prayer. And that's really as simple as, uh, if you could just define what prayer is, it is talking to Jesus. I, uh, as uh, I worked in youth ministry for, uh, for all those years, I had so many um, young teens or I guess even older teens that, that come, they're, they're you know, saying, I, I just don't know how to pray. I don't know what it means to pray. Um, I, I've never prayed before. It's even uh, something I, I, I hear, you know, some who would, who would come to me and say, you know, what, is it, what does it really even mean to pray? And I typically just started off just by saying it's as simple as us talking right now. And you may not see Jesus present. But Jesus is there. And just open up your mouth and just begin to talk to him. Because that's what prayer is. Prayer is simply talking to Jesus. Now, what's so powerful about it is the one, is that the one you're talking to is able to do the impossible. And the one that you're talking to, he knows you inside and out. And the one that you're talking to, he is able to, um, he's able to move mountains and he is able to, uh, to do anything. And so, that is, um, you know, there's, there's something powerful about prayer in that the one that we pray to, he is able to, uh, to do anything. But there's also a component to it that we need to be listening and allow God to speak to us. Let's, let's dive in here tonight. Uh, we have, uh, we're going to open up in the book of Acts chapter 2 and verse 39 through 42. We see here the beginning of the church. This is the birthday of the of the first century church, and uh, they had just uh, received the gift of the Holy Ghost and had just been poured out in that prayer meeting that was taking place in Jerusalem. And Peter's speaking here to the crowd that had gathered outside that prayer meeting. He tells them that this promise, that promise of the Holy Ghost, is to you, is to your children. It's to all them that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words, he testified and he exhorted, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. We go to verse 41. Uh, verse 41 here. It says, And they that gladly received his word were baptized. In the same day, there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. So we have 3,000 people that are added to the church on that First day, and then let's see, what do they do from there? Verse 42, this is the key. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, fellowship, breaking of bread, and prayers. They continued steadfastly in these four elements that I believe are just as relevant today for the church to be our foundation. It is... It is uh, Crucial for us. In fact, I don't believe that you really are a church unless you are holding to these elements that uh, they begin, that they lived out in that first century, which is holding fast to the apostles' doctrine, the, the things that have been taught to them by Jesus Christ, the fellowship amongst themselves, breaking of bread, physically coming together, and. Uh, and, and having meals together, having the Lord's Supper together, uh, but also opening up the Word of God and the bread of life, speaking to them. But fourth 
in this is crucial, and that is prayer, that they continued steadfastly in their prayer. First Thessalonians 5.17 puts it very simply, pray without ceasing. A very straightforward command from, uh, from Paul to the church in Thessalonica. He says, pray without ceasing. Don't stop praying. And what does that even mean, to pray without ceasing? How can we pray without ceasing? I, uh, of course, there's time where you have to sleep. There's time when you have to work. There's time uh, you can't physically be praying all the time. But I believe that what Paul is, is saying to this church is, is to say, always be in a ready state to pray. When you come up against a troublesome situation, be ready to pray. When you come and there's a time of joy, let's pray and let's thank God for it. Let's talk to Jesus. When there's somebody else who has is facing a situation, let's pray for them in that situation. When there's uh, when there's even just uh, just that you have you have time and 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 it's just a good time to pray. Let's just. Let's just pray, and because there doesn't always have to be a reason that we go to prayer or uh, some something that provokes our prayer. There's times where it's just the hour of prayer, a time that we set aside for prayer. And so I believe that that command from Paul, that instruction from Paul to pray without ceasing, is something that we ought to take to heart. I want to uh, just just lay out just a few important elements of prayer. There's, we could probably fit some other things in here, but uh, I want to look at these seven important elements of prayer. Things that I try to, to weave into my prayer time. Not that every single time uh, I, uh, you know, sometimes I get, I get caught up in one thing or another. And, and my allotted time that I have in that, um, that time of prayer, it's, it's, you know, skewed more towards repentance or intercession or meditation, you know, whatever. But uh, that I, I, I try to, uh, in my time of prayer that I have set aside, to be, always begin with a time of praise. Begin your prayer with a time of praise. We enter into His courts with thanksgiving. We enter into His gates with praise on our lips. Let's, let's allow uh, the first thing that we do ought to be a praise that escapes our mouth when we come into a time of prayer. Just thanking God. It doesn't have to be... Uh, it doesn't have to look like your your um, your praise and that takes place during a time of worship in here, where or you're maybe going up and down the the the, the altar space here and and all that. But no, it's that it might look like that. It might look like that, but it might just simply be thanking God for what He's done for you. Just thanking God for who He is. Let's begin our time of prayer with some praise. The next thing that I that I try to do as I come and I, I, I praise God is I find a place of repentance. I don't want to get too far into my time of prayer without spending some time in repentance. Because nothing will block your spiritual progress more fatally than an unforgiving spirit. If you have unforgiveness in your heart, if you have things in your heart that you are not willing to give up to Jesus, then, then there is... All, all of the rest of this really is going to be null and void because he's saying, I want, I want you first to get yourself right. Let's, 
before you ask things of me, how about you spend some time in repentance and get yourself right? Before you intercede for somebody else, before, you're, uh, before you, you spend all this other time in prayer, let's, let's first of all spend some time in repentance. I believe that, that we all, it's, it's always a good time to spend, uh, spend a little time at that altar of repentance and saying, God, wash me, cleanse me, make my thoughts pure, make my, uh, the, the words that come out of my mouth, God, uh, forgive me if I've said anything that's offended somebody. And if I have unforgiveness in my heart, Help me to deal with that right now and to forgive them for, for whatever, you know, somebody may have done. So spending that time in a place of repentance. Asking. There is a time in prayer for asking. And I think this is probably where uh, a lot of time is, is typically spent is simply asking God for things. And that's not a bad thing. In fact, Jesus himself said that you have not because you ask not. There is a time that, that we ought to spend in, in prayer that we are asking God for, uh, for Him to, to intervene in situations. That we're asking God for, for Him to begin to, uh, uh, to do a work that, uh, perhaps we ourselves are not able to do. And there's, there's a time for asking God of things in prayer, but there's also a time for intercession. That time of intercession, this is perhaps a word that uh, maybe somebody in here is not familiar with, but intercession or to intercede is simply asking uh, or speaking on somebody else's behalf. You are, you're praying for somebody else's need. Maybe it's somebody who is lost. They need God. And you begin praying for them. You're interceding for them. You're spending time in intercession for somebody else who they need God. It's, it's a time when maybe somebody else has a need and it's not about salvation, but they, they have a need. Maybe somebody else is sick. You begin to intercede for that individual, their, their, their circumstance. You can begin to intercede not just for a certain person, but I, I've spent, I spent time interceding for Groups of people, even nations, and uh, pray for pray for the nation of Israel, and, and and pray that God would be with them. And it's a time of intercession. It's a it's a time where we are praying for somebody else and praying in the stead of somebody else. Meditation is another uh, is is another area, another element of of our prayer time. This meditation is simply pondering. The spiritual themes of God's word and his promises. It's allowing, I think it's even, it's even okay in your time of prayer. In fact, I encourage it to pick up your Bible and begin to read. If you open up to the book of Psalms and you begin to go through the Psalms, these are often, many of these are prayers that David has written down. He's putting them to, to song. and, and uh, But, but there are prayers that you, you yourself can put yourself into David's, uh, where David was at. And, and I'll at times uh, take where, where David is, is saying this psalm and saying this prayer himself. And I'll, I'll put myself right into the scripture and begin to pray it. Begin to believe it. Begin to pray those same words that they pray, that David prayed, and and begin to pray those things for myself. And and so 
there's, there's a, a time that we can even open up the Word of God and begin to pray that. But there's even just praying or just reading the Word and then allowing that to, uh, just allowing ourselves to ponder what we've just read, pondering the promises of God. There's a time of thanksgiving. Now, thanksgiving really, it's, it's sprinkled throughout your, your prayer time. This is in your time of praise. This is in your time of repentance. It's in your time of asking, your intercession. You can begin to thank God in all of this. But, uh, but I, I like to spend a special time of my prayer time uh, where I am just simply thanking God for all that he has done. Just going from one thing to another, thanking God for all that he has done. Last, the last element that I have listed here is, is listening and prayer. It's not all just talking to God, but there's also a time when we just sit back and we listen. We allow God to speak to us. Maybe you even crack open a, a notebook and you begin to write down what God is saying to you. That's a, that's that time of listening to God. That's part of your prayer. It's conversation. Remember, you're talking to Jesus, but also allow him to talk to you. I do devotions with my my boys before they go to bed, and a lot of times our our uh, conversation it goes to just you know the voice of God, and, and you know how do you have you ever heard the voice of God? And and uh, first several times that we had gotten into that conversation, my uh, Asher and Fitz they would. Say, yeah, I just don't know if God's ever spoken to me. I, I don't know what it's, you know, what it means to, to hear the voice of God. And as we begin to talk about it more and more, they begin to realize uh, times in their life or different times uh, during their during the day um, when they would feel God nudging them in a certain direction. And it's not an audible voice. It's not God speaking out, you know, from the from the clouds and booming out with some voice to give them some direction. But they felt a little urge to go and to be friendly to, to somebody at school or they, they felt a little urge to go and do this or that. We've, we've heard, uh, so many testimonies of different little, little nudges that, uh, God will, will push you one way or the other and it's listening to that voice of God. And, and we do the same thing. We ought to do the same thing in our time of prayer. After we've prayed for things, let's pause and allow the voice of God just to begin to speak to us. What's coming to your mind? What's, what's at the top of your mind right now in that, in that time of prayer? You've, you spent this time in prayer. Now, just sit there and just write or just think. Because once you begin to write, once you begin to think, this is, this is what God is breathing into you, what God is speaking to you in that moment. So receive that. There, there are orders that God can give you. There's direction that God can give you when you spend that time listening to God instead of just filling it all up with your own words and then getting up and walking away. I want to ask the question, you know, what, what is it that happens to our prayers? You ever wonder that? Where do my prayers go? There's prayers that I pray that it seems as if they've, they're not answered. Seems as if they, uh, they are just go out into the ether and they disappear. So what is it that really happens to these prayers that we pray? Revelation chapter five, verse eight gives us a 
some insight into the prayers that, that we may pray. This looking forward, this revelation of the end time says that when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four twenty elders, they fell down before the Lamb, having every one of them harps and golden golden vials full of odors, which are the prayers of the saints. Those golden vials. These these prayers of the saints that have gone up, and God has them and He's storing them. There's times, because what we have to do is we have to trust the timing of God. Trust the perfect timing of God. And there's, there's times when we pray for things and God says, it's not time right now. Or there's, there's even times when the, the answer that God gives us for our prayer is simply no. We want something and God says no. And we have to accept that. Now, sometimes we... We don't, we don't know that. We don't know what God is, you know, God is saying no, and we continue to pray and continue to pray. And if you'll pause and listen and, and, and allow God to speak there, I believe that He can give you confirmation that, you know what, this is not, that the prayer that you're praying is not the, the direction that I want you to go. It's not where, uh, it's not what I want, it's not my will for that to happen. And we can, uh, we can ask uh, things amiss. We can ask things that are that are not of the will of God, and God, He will spare us by simply saying no to our prayers at times. And uh, but there are there are other prayers that it's simply a no for right now. That right now the answer is no, but He's storing these prayers up, and there it, it's as if they're in these vials that are there, and and He has them, and He will release the answer for a certain on on a certain season. When the season is right, God He will open up that vial, and that prayer that has been prayed will become effective, and it will begin to uh, begin to um, take action. And you will see that prayer, the answer to that prayer come to pass. Now, I want to dive just a little deeper into, you know, why is it that we pray? If God is able to do anything, if God is, is able to uh, uh, create, just speak and in the, in the earth is created, the heavens are created, if God is able to, to go and, and He can... Uh, he can move mountains. God can do anything. It, then why does he need us to pray? Why doesn't God just do it? Well, some of this we have answers to. Some we just have to say that the word of God simply tells us that this is how God has chosen to operate. That God has chosen to operate in such a way that here on earth, his actions are hinged upon our prayers. That the actions of God are hinged upon the fact that there is somebody that would pray so that God can be released to act. Second Chronicles chapter 7 verse 14. This tells us that if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land. You see that if and then. That if my people pray, then I will hear from heaven. 
Then I will forgive their sin. Then I will heal their land. But it hinges upon that first if. That if my people pray. That, that it really does matter whether or not we pray. That God can be released to go and do it. Daniel chapter 9. Daniel chapter 9 we see, uh, we see this where God is, is answering Daniel's uh, prayer in real time. Verse 2, it says that in the first year of his reign, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of the years whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. And then I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplications with fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. And I prayed unto the Lord my God. And I made my confession and I said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and the mercy to them that love him and to them that keep his commandments. So we see Daniel, he is praying, he is asking God, uh, asking God to, uh, to intervene for, for the, the people of Israel. And then we get, see them, or see then in verse 20. It says, while I was speaking and while I was praying, And while I was confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of my God, yea, whilst I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel. Now, Gabriel is not just a man. Gabriel is one of the archangels of God. This is, uh, he says, so while I was praying, this, this angel whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, being caused to fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation. And he informed me and he talked with me and he said, Oh, Daniel, I am now come forth to give thee skill and understanding. That while Daniel prayed, the angel was released and the angel came and it began to minister to him, minister to his needs and even uh, give him skill, give him understanding that that the prayers of Daniel were prayed and were, were answered in real time. But if it not for the prayers of this man, I don't believe that uh, that this angel ever would have gone forth and it ever would have come and and given Daniel his his needs, ministered to his needs and answered uh, or allowed, um, or given uh, the directive of God, by the directive of God, uh, begun to answer the prayers of Daniel. So we see that prayer is so important and it's effective in that it changes things because God begins to act upon our prayers. Ezekiel chapter 22, verse 30. We see here, it tells us that I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land, that I should not destroy it, but I found none. And what a sad state that is for this nation of Israel, that God was seeking somebody to stand in the gap and to begin to pray. He was seeking somebody to intercede for the people of Israel. He was seeking somebody to pray, and he could not find somebody to pray. He could not find somebody to save the people from their transgressions. Now, we continue on in this uh, question of why, why do we pray? And it's, it's not just because his actions are dependent upon us, but also we are partners with God here on earth. Mark chapter 11 tells us 
in verse 23 and 24, that it says, Verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say to this mountain, Be thou removed and be cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. And he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say to you that whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, notice that when you pray, not if you pray, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. Whatsoever things you desire, when you pray, believe that you shall receive them and you shall have them. That we are created in the image of God. That humans are the peak of God's creation. That we are the bride of Christ. We are the ones who are going to reign with him in heaven. In Revelation 3.21, it tells us, uh, that prayer prepares us for this future role. It says, To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my Father in his throne. That we have a future role where we are going to be there with Christ, uh, ruling and reigning. And prayer it prepares us for that role. God, he chose to partner with us as his agents. That God, he chose to say, I want, I, I want you to, to, to be the ones that are going to be my hands and my feet here on earth, but you're also going to be the ones that are taking on the, uh, the cares of the people around you, and you're going to begin to pray. You're, you're the ones who are going to initiate that prayer. You're the ones who are going to initiate the, the prayer by laying your hands on somebody who's sick and believing with faith that they will recover and they shall recover. You are the ones who are going to uh, to establish my kingdom here on earth. So I need you to take on the cares of this, this world. I need you to be the ones who are beginning to pray that my kingdom come, my will would be done. God chose to partner with us. God chose you. God chose you to be the ones who are going to establish his will here on earth. Also, God needs us. See, God will do nothing but an answer to prayer. John Wesley said that there's nothing that God will do except as an answer to prayer. This is how he has chosen to operate, that it is through the prayers of his people that God will choose, that God will move, that God will act. That God, he conditions the very life and prosperity of his cause on prayer. Not only does God need us, we absolutely need God. We need God. That while our, fr- while our flesh, it cries out for entertainment, while, while we have all these things that we want to, uh, to do, our spirit, it longs for communion with, with our maker. Our spirit is longing for that. I don't know if you've ever been there. I'm sure you have. Where it's, uh, you, you just, just feel lost. You just feel like you're drifting and, and you don't really have a footing in life and, and you, you can go to all these things that, you know, maybe you find yourself in, in, in this space where, uh, you're just satisfying all the things of the flesh. Anybody ever been there? It's just like sit in front of a TV and it's just like, let's just, let's just be a couch potato today or let's just like go to the pantry like, 500 times because that's what's going to make me happy is, is getting in, into one snack after another and uh, uh, 
or the, the ice cream, the whole, the whole tub of ice cream is, is gone by the end of the night. And you just opened it that day. Anybody ever been there? And it's like, you have all these things. That's like, you know, that's, I'm just trying to, I'm just like floating through life or I'm just, I'm just satisfying my flesh. And then we realize it's been a while since I've prayed. I mean, really prayed. Not the prayer for that ice cream, that tub of ice cream that I just ate. God bless this to my body, help it to nourish and strengthen me. I don't think that God actually answers that prayer, to be honest. <laughs> when it's something. <laughs> but like, actually pray. And when you, when you begin to, to, to come to that realization, and you, you begin to spend some time in focused prayer. And you spend that, you, you put off the entertainment. You put off everything else that was going to, that's satisfying your flesh. You put off all of this other stuff that's, that you've just been allowing to accumulate in your life. And, and maybe it's, it's things that, you know, maybe it's not just relax, relaxation time and all this. Maybe it's just the busyness of life and, and things are, are coming that all your time is going towards all these other endeavors, all these other things. And we feel drained. You feel lost. You feel as if you are just drifting. But if you can spend time in prayer, you are connecting back to that very place that God designed you to be, which is in perfect communion with Him. And that's not to say it's going to come easy. Right? It's not to say that prayer always comes easy. Because prayer sometimes is a struggle. Sometimes you have to force yourself to pray. Sometimes it's, it's saying, I'm here. I don't want to wake up 15 minutes early or half an hour early in order to start my day with prayer because I'd rather just stay in bed and sleep. But I am going to do it because I know that I am going to be better for it. And I'm going to be able to live my day with purpose by starting my day in a time of prayer. I know that in this time when I, you know, maybe, maybe you're even angry at God. Have you ever prayed when they're angry at God? Or upset with God? And you could say things and let me tell you that. There's nothing that you might say that God hasn't heard before. In fact, there's even scriptures as we read the Psalms of David that there's times where he speaks to God in a way that he is not understanding where, why he is going through the things that he's going through. But even in that time when you don't understand why you are where you are, I want to encourage you, pray, speak to God, in a manner in which it's just flowing from the heart. Don't be fake. Don't be fake in your prayer. No, just speak to God. He already knows your heart. Speak to Him just as if He's your, your best friend. Just speak to Him as if He is somebody, your, your confidant. Speak to God the, 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 out of the issues of the heart, the very things that you, that you hold in the depths of who you are. Begin to just speak to God and allow Him 
to, uh, or just, just allow the things that, that you're harboring inside of you to, to be expressed to Him because what can happen is there is healing that begins to come in that. And God, He can begin to take those very things that you're exposing to Him and He can begin to heal you in that time when you are allowing yourself to be open to Him enough to pray and to speak, communicate with God. Don't be fake about it. Just be, just be yourself. Just be real. You don't have to pray somebody else's prayer. You don't have to be the most eloquent person to, uh, in order to touch the throne room of God. You don't have to be the, the most, you don't have to say the, all these fancy words in order to touch the throne room of God. No, just speak to Jesus and just begin to, to praise Him and begin to, to worship Him. And as you do that, I promise you his presence will come in there and it can begin to to heal those open wounds that you have. That God, he can come in and he can He can turn around a situation that you have been holding on to and wondering, God, why am I going through this? And God, he will come right there with you. You need God. We need to spend that time with God. This this final section I have here in our, in our study tonight is, is about surrendering the flesh. A complete surrender of our flesh. In the three-hour prayer meeting in the Garden of Gethsemane, we see Jesus surrendering His human will to the will of the Spirit. That even Jesus Himself, God, robed in flesh, He prayed. As a human, he prayed. He prayed that his human will, his, his flesh would be under the subjection of the spirit. That the spirit would be greater than the, than the flesh. See, our flesh really is not the problem. It's the will of the flesh that's our problem. The will of the flesh. And, and we need to fully surrender our will to God so that he can establish, or, or, and by doing that, he can unlock so throne room or unlock the door to uh, to greater things that that we could that we would never experience except by us surrendering our flesh and surrendering our will to God. See, there's Christ-like prayers that we can pray. These prayers of surrender. First Timothy chapter two, verse eight. It's uh, a really a. a uh, Verse here, it's speaking to the men, but I believe it's applicable to anyone. But it says, I will therefore that men, they pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and doubting. Lifting up holy hands. Lifting up hands that have been cleansed. Lifting up hands that, uh, that, that whatsoever you, you find your hands to do, these, these things that it's not, it's not, going after the things of the world, but rather it's going after the things of God and beginning to praise God with holy hands. Praise God with, with things, uh, with, with a life that is uh, pleasing to Him. So let's lift up holy hands. And then in Hebrews chapter 7, verse 26, we see Jesus as the high priest. It says, for such a high priest, He became, uh, became us who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners and made higher than the heavens. That Jesus, he was completely surrendered. This was God manifest in flesh, but yet he completely surrendered himself. 
his, his, his flesh. He surrendered it completely to the Spirit. And through obedience, we can ask anything in the name of Jesus. And we can have assurance that he will do it. Anything in the name of Jesus, we can ask of him. And we can have that assurance that he will do it. It's in John chapter 14, verses 12 through 14. John 14, verse 12. says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me, the works that I do shall he do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatsoever you shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. And if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. That Jesus, he is able to do anything that we would ask of. So don't, uh, don't, don't just ask for the small things. Let's ask and let's pray big prayers, believing that he is able to accomplish it. Let's, let's pray big prayers. As we're coming into this new year, I, I want us to, uh, to begin to think big thoughts and pray big prayers and, and to believe that God is going to use you in mighty ways, that God is going to unlock doors in your life that maybe you've been waiting for for a long time. But let's begin to pray and say, God, are you, can you position me in the, ver- in the very place that I need to be so that I can see your will done in my life? God, Put me in the place that I belong. Help me to be completely surrendered to your will. God, I want to do everything that you have asked me to do. God, I want to be pleasing to you. And then let's pray big prayers. I, uh, I, I, I have different ways, uh, other ways in which I, I spend my time in prayer and um, different patterns of prayer. And we see... Uh, we see that in Scripture that there were, uh, I believe it's in Acts chapter 3, uh, where we see that Peter and John, they're going to the temple and it's the hour of prayer. And they had a, a specific hour, a specific time of the day that they always had set aside for prayer. And I believe that's an important thing. If you don't know what the next time that you're going to pray is, if you don't have that set aside and, and, and you don't have that ready, then you're probably going to miss it. If you don't have a, a regular time in your day when you, uh, when you typically come to the Lord in prayer, you're probably going to miss it. And it's, it's in those regular times of prayer that I, I tend to go to a couple of different patterns of prayer. And one, uh, one certain pattern, and I'm not going to go through it all right now, but is that, that pattern of the tabernacle prayer. Anybody, anybody ever prayed the tabernacle prayer, praying through the tabernacle? I love that pattern of prayer. And in my regular time of prayer, where it's it's not a uh, it's not an immediate prayer, it's not something that you know spontaneously I'm I'm just praying for. But in that in that time where I have set aside for prayer, I like to go through that pattern of prayer, that praying through the, the pattern of the tabernacle. And um, for me, it's through those kind of patterns, that pattern of the tabernacle, that we can begin to. Uh, begin to get focused in our prayer and really fall in love with talking to Jesus. Really fall in love with spending time in prayer. It's no longer a chore. It's not a chore. Prayer is not a chore. Prayer should be the best time of your day. 
Prayer should be the, the greatest time that you spend because you're spending that with Jesus. You're spending some time with the one who's able to do anything. Prayer, it's not a chore. It's not something that, it's also not something that we should just, you know, just check it off the box and it's like, okay, I did it. Now, prayer, it's something that, that when you really, uh, when, when you really get into it, you, you understand that this is not, not just a task that I'm trying to accomplish, but no, I love just spending time with Jesus. I love spending time with my Savior. I love spending time in His presence. I wonder as we, as we close tonight, we got just a couple of minutes here. And is, is there anybody in here who would, uh, have a testimony of a time of prayer um, of that that you have had, where you have seen God answer that prayer in a uh, in an obvious way, answer that prayer in an obvious way uh, thereafter. There's somebody in here who, who has a testimony of an an, a, a prayer that you prayed in an answer to that prayer. I'd love to just get just finish this off with a couple of testimonies if we could. Nathaniel, I see you moving. <laughs> Go ahead, share with us tonight. Amen. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Amen. We have, we have a couple other testimonies of what God has done for you in a time of, of need or a time of, of prayer that you have prayed and you've seen God work. Sister Laura.
Amen. Brother Stokely. That's awesome. What a testimony. Amen. We have one more. Brother Bill. Amen. Amen. I'm so, so thankful. So thankful for what God has done, what God continues to do. I know we're just barely even scraping the surface of all the 
the prayers and those, those times when you've come to God in prayer. But I just want to leave us with a little bit of encouragement today that God is still moving. God is still working. Amen. Let's not, uh, let's not forget to, to ter- take things to the Lord in prayer. Let's just, uh, let's spend some time. In fact, let's close this out here tonight. Uh, just by, let's close our eyes. Let's just lift up a hand right now. Let's just uh, spend a moment here in just a time of prayer. In Jesus' name. God, we are so thankful. We are so blessed. God, that we can come and we can gather together. We can worship you. Lord, I pray that there would be, uh, Lord, a, a spirit, God, of, of unity, Lord, in this place, God, that we, uh, with one another, would bind together, God, and we would lift up each other, Lord, in our time of need, God, that the needs of, of one another, God, would become uh, Lord, the prayers of, of the saints, Lord, that we would see, Lord, that there is, uh, your, God, that your will, God, it is dependent upon, upon our prayers. Lord, I pray that you would help us today, Lord, as the church, God, to live out your kingdom, live out your mission, Lord, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.